You scoundrel, you. You know what Critical Hit is about, and you know it's not for kids. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Welcome to another episode of Critical Hit, a foul mouth podcast where we talk about everything. I am your host, Red King, and with me always is Crimson and Chrono Warden. And we're talking about Nintendo games. Spoiler ass bastard. <laughs> <Ten> games. <laughs> yep. We are, uh, yeah, this is. Nintendo has a track record, a proven track record of just knocking it out of the park. And we're picking our favorite franchise and we're talking about it. Yes, it's going to be a good one today. Are you guys All ready? Our episodes are good. I, well, yeah. Damn, you guys interrupt me again. <laughs> are you guys ready? Yes. We're ready. We are Critical Hit, and Nintendo starts now. Okay, so Nintendo franchises uh i was thinking about um before we begin uh <laughs> i wanted to talk a little bit about nintendo as a as a company right a really really fucking uh it wasn't always a gaming company we already know that like i i just think it's kind of hilarious the types of things that nintendo went through as a as a as like a brand yeah well, the, they were a trading card company Yes. Founded the year the Eiffel Tower was finished being constructed. Yes. Yeah, no, they have a very interesting, like, just the amount of different things. Because I've, <laughs> I've never played Hanafuda, but that's the, the, the they made Hanafuda cards. That was, that was the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, as games started to get more uh, not card-y, <laughs> like, they kind of got into, like, different stuff. And there was a time when they were making love hotels, um, <laughs> which, if you don't know, is one of those hotels that you exclusively go to to, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something that you might be able to find on. Yeah, yeah, you might be able to find it on the hub, perhaps. Get it out of the way early. <laughs> <laughs> Also, be careful how, how you spell Hanafuda. <laughs> it's D-A. It's D-A, not T-A. I didn't think it was going to go this way this fast. Well, shit. We're like torpedoes, always coming for your ass. <laughs> okay. cheek-seeking missile. <laughs> Damn you all. So it's going to be one of those types of things. <laughs> My bad. My bad. <laughs> so, I mean, I could just jump right into it. I have, uh, I've been playing one fucking game <laughs> for like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. You messed, you messed up your prior podcast prep for, uh, for our last episode because you were playing that game. <laughs> yes. Yep, I had nothing going into into our previous episode, but I did okay, and I'm going to do much better this one, because that's all I've been doing. (laughs) (laughs) 
But I think before I mention the one that I've actually been obsessing my life with, I'm going to, uh, I think I'm going to pick like a runner up. Something Ooh. that I, right? Because like throwing a wrench in the usual script progression. <laughs> uh, and this is why we're cheek seeking this. Yeah, yes. yeah, yep. I, I do it by changing up the, like the script format. You do it by just. Being at, a pervert. Yeah, being complete degenerates. <laughs> uh, chaos is fun. <laughs> WarioWare, because chaos is fun. Fair. Uh, yeah, like, because uh, that, that could totally be a, a WarioWare game right there. That's a subtitle. Chaos no. is fun. <laughs> WarioWare, because chaos is fun. I thought you were going to say Cheek Seeking Missile. WarioWare, Cheek Seeking Missile. Hold up. <laughs> 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 Ouija. Oh, no. That's disgusting. Oh, no. Um, yes. Yes. Anyways, go on. Yeah, so the, I um, I fired up. Actually, I, I went through a lengthy uh, rehab process for my 3DS because that's what I was playing uh, my game that I have yet to reveal. Uh, um, you almost spoiled yourself. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I, I like the suspense that I'm building. I think I'm doing a really fantastic job. Uh <laughs> But advancing things, as it were. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Now, now that's actually, that's uh, actually a really good. Driving <laughs> things up. Oh. Damn you. Okay. Okay. Listen, we've all already had spoilers. Mine was in the intro. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> Those comments will make more sense in a moment. But yep. if we're doing runners up. Yes. Golden Sun. Oh, wow. Here's the thing. I remember seeing something recently. It's coming to the Game Boy Advance. Yes. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. Fantastic. Um. So my my runner up now. Here's the thing. Series is not exclusive to Nintendo, but this particular uh, subgenre of that series is uh, is exclusive to Nintendo, and that's Mega Man Zero, the Mega Man Zero series. Um. They it was released on the. Game Boy, no, not the Game Boy Advance. It was the Nintendo DS originally. Was it? Yeah. No, wait, no, no. Game Boy Advance had the first four. Yep. Yep. And then and then ZX ended up on yep. the DS. And then which ZX got really weird. Um, yeah, very weird. Because Mega Man was a strange character in that one. Yep. Or X, as it were, was a strange character in that one. They made him a girl. Uh, which happened to also happen to zero in the next ZX game, which was very strange. Um, but yeah, no fantastic art style, weird, like resistance storyline where it was like, you had these, uh, from of course, Neo Arcadia. That was, that was the, uh, cause <laughs> you know, anytime there's like a higher subsect of people or reploids in this case, it's going to be something arcade. Yeah. So, yes. yep. um, yeah. Fantastic game. That hard as hell. Yeah. It, it was like, and now Mega Man X was already hard in general. Yeah. But yeah, the Mega Man Zero games took it a step further and it was frustrating, but it was fun. I loved it. Golden Sun's just that old school Nintendo RPG goodness. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I wanted to do an RPG, but I just, I didn't have enough time for it. 
Though knowing yours, your game that you picked, Chrono, I feel like maybe I should have made time, and maybe I'm not fucking <laughs> living up to my. <laughs> you gotta be dedicated. <laughs> it takes dedication. No, I, uh, <laughs> my my main game that I'm gonna be talking about. I had a lot of plans for, and then I got a cold, <laughs> and then I realized that the human body is pathetic. <laughs> so, so my runner up, like. Because WarioWare kind of epitomizes my current attention span, or lack thereof, <laughs> because each of the games are fucking three seconds. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> short attention span when we make a podcast. Nuts. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, uh, wow. I don't, know, I don't even know how to... <clears throat> Damn it. So, like... That it was surprising when that game first came out, and just like I, I immediately counted out. I was like, what, "Oh yeah, what even is this?" Like, because like mini games were they were like Mario Party and stuff yeah. like that, where the mini games they were in and of themselves like thirty seconds, three seconds was like, "What? How are you even going to do anything?" No, they do everything, and. I think it was really interesting because they kind of created like a little Wario verse. They had like all types of different characters for him. Yeah. For him to interact with. They had like uh Kat and Anna, which were in no way Kasumi and Ayane from Dead or Alive. <laughs> is what I'm realizing. <laughs> That's a good point. Because they're ninja sisters. Yeah. <laughs> they just have a better relationship than than uh Kasumi and Oh my Ayane. gosh, dude. <laughs> they, they, like Kat and Anna, they're they're cool. They're cool with each other, and they they work together, and and they probably get slapped significantly less by their male peers. <laughs> yeah, there was, a, yeah, Dead or Alive was really fucking. Yeah, weird. yeah, yeah. There were a lot of women slapping in that one. I was fucking like kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, no, it got really weird when they started going with a story mode. It was like, whoa. Yeah, because you remember the one with the 3ds? Yeah, yeah. Tomonobu Itagaki. Yeah, it was a bit weird, man. And they they were just fast and loose with it. It was strange. Tangents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tangents are fun. You want to know what's even more fun? Probably sticking to the fucking script. So here we go. <laughs> and I'm going to start. Big reveal. Yes. Um, Advance Wars. Okay. I've been playing Advance Wars uh, as, as, as nonstop as I possibly could. Um, a little bit of background. Um, it originated on the NES. Well, not NES. NES is the American version. Famicom uh, yeah, was yeah. The, uh, the Japanese version. And it was called Famicom Wars. And that series has had installments on every single uh, major console that Nintendo has released, including the Game Boy. They had Game Boy Wars. Mm-hmm. So yeah. not Advance Wars as a franchise. It's Wars as a franchise. Yeah. Um. And it was kind of that, so, like, Fire Emblem still kind of has the, like, the grid-based, you know, click a unit, move them, do some stuff. Yeah. They've, they've, they shook up that format a little bit with the newer games. There, there are some extra things to do. Uh, Advance Wars, Famicom Wars, whatever you want to call it, it has not. It has stayed <laughs> one way <laughs> yeah. for decades. Uh, 
it was not originally supposed to ever come to the United States. Um, there was, you know, there's an import crowd. There's always been an import crowd. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to do it like nowadays <clears throat> because, yeah, because Steam is fucking crazy. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of there are a lot of uh, region free stuff. And yep. just the proliferation of Internet makes it so that you can just you can be exposed to um, international stuff a lot easier. <laughs> Listen, stop looking at me. You know, I was talking, I didn't even realize it, but I was like, yeah, that that sounded weird. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm exposed right now. (laughs) Two fucking knots. (laughs) I just knocked out. That's it, Crimson Gone. (laughs) We gave him that NyQuil punch. (laughs) Let let me help with that nose a little bit. So, um, yeah, I'm here whistling like Dr. Kelso in the one episode. I, I really am, dude. I'm, I'm like, and I'm feeling like it, it's, it's, it's approaching the entrance of my nostril and it's becoming disturbing, uh, but continue. So, uh, as a, <laughs> I kind of went just obviously advanced wars. I, I, I played some on a completely, um, legitimate, Game Boy Advance way of playing Game Boy Advance games. <laughs> Completely legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> certainly had nothing to do with ROMs. Uh, is it was uh, it was was it Dual Strike? Is the DS? Is the yeah, DS version? Is the DS. Okay, so yeah, I right. I dove really deep into the the DS games. So right. Dual Strike and uh, Days of Ruin. Yeah. <laughs> Because I remember that's the one I played because I was edgy. <laughs> so you mean the one where they went serious instead of just goofy combat? Of yeah. Course. Yep. <laughs> so I am the knight. I am crimson. <laughs> so even, even for the theming of Advance Wars, it was made way, way back when to get kids into strategy games. It yeah. was, you know, it was made to be the graphics were made to be a um, little bit cartoony and they were made to be bright and colorful yeah. uh like when when things got when things caught on with that format of gameplay fire emblem was the next kind of one up to bat and they they went more serious and they and they have a you know much more uh like thirsty sophi- i was gonna say sophisticated <laughs> um thirst only happened later no nah, there's been uh, thirst since the beginning Listen, Lindis. <laughs> no, that's care. that's Fire Emblem Seven, you, bro. I like, know. Sita. Oh, oh, damn it! Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say if you need to go farther back, you need to ask Rona. <laughs> all right, all right. So um, first game. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, I think that. Yeah, that's it. Done. Yep. <laughs> uh, first and thirst. <laughs> so first <we're>, emblem. <laughs> Seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> So I'll, Eight, I'll, I'll 18 plus. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You know what? Like, sometimes I'll try to ignore you even when you're wilding it, and it stopped working. <laughs> you all know, just keep going. <laughs> right. <clears throat> you're like, I can ignore this, so we just keep escalating. <laughs> so the, uh, for Advance Wars, you know, for the GBA, that was the first one to ever introduce a storyline. 
It was just an, you know, it was a generic, I can say that in English. (laughs) It was a generic war game that, um, you know, the, the strategy and the tactics were the, the forefront of Mm -hmm. the, that was the only thing you'd hit. You basically hit start, (laughs) move into the game and just start warring. And that was it. (laughs) Um, and it went in eh, English (laughs) in advanced wars. They, uh, they introduced, you know, a more character driven and, you know, plotline centric, uh, type of experience. They, they introduced, uh, the commanding officers and their powers, you know, having special powers that make your units do better stuff. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was an easy story to follow. You yeah. know, it it started out in the first in the first Advanced Wars game. It just you had these different colored lands, the you know, Orange Star, Blue Moon, uh, Yellow Comet, and Green Earth. Wasn't yeah. there a white legion added eventually? Oh uh, <clears throat> that was <clears throat> no, that was I thought it was a black something. Black hole. Oh which so y- there were these four you know, the four colored nations. Um, that sounded really bad. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> Hold up. Uh, well, they changed it to orange stars from red stars as well. Yeah, because. Uh, <laughs> right. Your red star. <laughs> I, I have I have a thought about that. Oh, and no. as I as I kind of track into my next point. You, you'll get what I mean, right? OK, so. Does it involve putting one Senator McCarthy in a garbage can and kicking it down a hill while it's on fire? Because that dude was a fucker. Uh, <laughs> sure. I that that doesn't I can do that to anybody for any reason. I don't really care. Like, <laughs> I don't care what type of person you are. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, Advanced Wars 2, Black Hole Rising. They changed just, you know, a random a random war into a forefront against the Black Hole Army. Uh, <laughs> black Hole Sun. <laughs> I was thinking the same. Yes, that's probably what they listened to. Um, <laughs> the <yo. laughs> dual strike, in my opinion, not my favorite fucking entry in the series. <laughs> they did a lot of amazing things with dual strike. The soundtrack. Oh my fucking gosh. stellar. <laughs> One of the best video game soundtracks I think I've ever I think like Digimon World 2 for some reason really jumps out. Oh dude, Digimon goes. World 2 slap. Uh, yeah, they're bought <laughs> new one coming out. <gasps> nice. On the Switch. <gasps> Switch. Yep. Come on, man. Uh King, always King console. Yeah, I'm always kidding. always knocking it out of the park. King K console. <laughs> so they <laughs> So obviously, Dual Strike DS, the the naming convention of whenever something ended up on the DS, they just put DS in it. Yeah, except if it was Days of Ruin. Except it was Days of Ruin. Oh well, that was that was that was the sequel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But interestingly enough, Fire Emblem and Pokemon never had that naming convention. Oh yeah, you're right. That's true. Hold on though. Well, you're right because it was Shadow Dragon. That was the remake that was on the DS, right? Of the original, it was like Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon or something yes, like that. And yep. then New Mystery of the Emblem. Oh, that Shadow right. Dragon was a remake of the original game. Why yeah. couldn't they just 
do Dragon Shadow. Come on, man. Diaz. Because the enemy is named Shadow Dragon. And, okay, yeah. and intelligence, intel, intelli- intelligence systems. <laughs> Thank you. I can't speak. Yeah, this is, a, this is a stuttering type of freaking episode today. Um, didn't want to. They didn't want to be that. They really fuck it. Well, intelligence systems also does advance wars. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Never mind. They didn't want to be that. They didn't want to be that twice. They don't do anything twice <laughs> except for screens. Right, and that's what ruined that fucking game. Oh, that's what ruined Dual Strike. I really like that they, so you can do um, two COs, Mm -hmm. and you can swap them, and it change. Every CO has different strengths and weaknesses. You have one who's better at indirect combat, one that's better at direct Mm -hmm. combat. That type of thing where you can switch on the fly if needed. Then they had. the dual strike, which, you know, for its namesake, dual strike, which allows both COs to use their super CO power mm-hmm. and then swap. So you could do two full power turns in a row. I don't see the problem. Um, that was the great part. Oh. Let me tell you about the bad fucking part, right? Because... <laughs> oh. <laughs> So like two things, right? I rediscovered my love for the for the DS and 3DS. Fantastic console, great concepts for their um, features for the 3DS, their social features, and blah blah blah. blah. I want to talk about that at length at some point in the very near future, right? Um, but the DS is what ruined Advance Wars Dual Strike because in the later parts of the game, you will have to um you'll have to use both screens in battle mm-hmm. which doesn't sound like that bad of a concept but you produce your units on the bottom screen mm-hmm. the first front and you send them up to the second front which you have no control over so you'll end your turn on the main front and then the enemy will do their turn on the main front, and then when they end their turn, you'll go ahead and just watch the you'll just watch the computer operate all of your hard earned created units that you've sent up there Great. and completely drive your shit right into the fucking ground. <laughs> I have lost so many fucking battles or survived the battle and didn't get fucking S rank. Because <laughs> when you send shit up to the fucking second front, things get stupid. <laughs> okay. So, in theory, though, could you just hold your stuff on your main front and then your enemy would just advance to you? Nope. That's stupid. Yeah, those, those fronts have to be won separately. If you win the, the second front, it closes. Mm. So if you find whatever the objective is and destroy it, or you overrun the enemy on the second front it closes so it it behooves you to send units up quickly mm-hmm. and zerg rush it yep so that was the that was that was dual strike i'll quickly get through days of ruin and then i'll tell you one last fucking thing because obviously um at the time of recording it is not out i think by the time this episode releases 
Um, <laughs> reboot camp will be available, and I will lose my life. Yep. <laughs> I thought they announced it for April 20th. Oh, shit. You might be right. So I still got I still got some time. Yeah. But I will talk about that. I have some thoughts about that. Um, Days of Ruin was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they did away with the dual front thing. They added some cool things. You can take your commanding officers and you can actually deploy them onto the field, mm-hmm. which is something you couldn't do um, in prior games. You can, you know, take your take your CO and put him or her in a in a unit. Mm-hmm. And the second feature was leveling up your units on the field without having to buy them. Mm-hmm. So instead of like, you could take a regular tank and have as soon as you kill an enemy, you go you go up to level one, mm-hmm. and the more enemies you kill, the higher your level goes. If you deploy a CO into that tank, it automatically promotes it to its highest level, mm-hmm. which is something that I mean, it's one of those X factor moves that you can do. You're outnumbered by you know more expensive units, but you take a cheaper unit and upgrade it instantly to veteran status and you do more damage you kind of mix it up it's yeah. re- it was really good like that they took the amount of tanks that you can make like they had um in advanced wars they've always had like th- five different levels of tanks mm-hmm. with the like with the neo tank being the the ultimate it was so expensive and so impractical to use. You just use MD tanks the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So those last two levels that nobody actually uses in competitive play, they took them right out. Yeah, um, yeah. So they, they did a lot of things to streamline that experience. Fantastic game in, in its own right, but the theming, in my opinion, was just so... Like, I always, personally, as a, as a, as a personal preference, I don't like grim, dark stories. Yeah, and this one had a cataclysmic event that wiped out ninety percent of the world's population. Okay, then they had, um, you know, the remaining, you know, the remaining little bit of humanity is locked in endless war, mm-hmm. and then they had a disease that was wiping out. Um, the rest of humanity. Mm-hmm. And then they had the fallout from the fucking meteor strike blotted out the sun. Mm-hmm. And then they had okay. stories of betrayal and like, you know, God complex characters and murder. And like, it was like fucking really harsh and grim dark. It was like a lot. Yeah. When you yeah. go from Advance Wars, like, and it's, you know, cheery, like, they take the horrors of war and make it really cute and fun. Yeah. And then they jump right into Advance Wars Days of Ruin. It's like, holy shit. It's like, this is, this is really just harsh. Yeah, it's harsh. Um, and then that leads me into my, my final little, my final tangent is that for the Switch in April, we have um, Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. I am so fucking excited for this game, right? Revamped graphics, no dual screen gameplay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, 
online battles, which they did in the DS versions, whatever. But uh, DS online was not something to write home about. <laughs> yeah, that well, weird. It Pokemon had really good features. Yeah, yeah, good features, but you go online <laughs> to battle somebody, and then you're sitting there for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, some like because it, it was Nintendo DS Wi-Fi. It was like it actually had its own like. Yeah, it wasn't just Wi-Fi. It was like they they called it they branded it Nintendo DS Wi-Fi. Well, and it was, let me clarify the 3DS. Yeah, the 3DS was. Yeah, 3DS was fine. It was starting to get better. The, the hand-holding friend code weirdness was. Yeah. Yep. Not. Ideal. Um, so, a big problem that I've been having concerning Advance Wars, we were supposed to get one and two reboot camp a whole ass year ago. <laughs> That's rough. The game was finished. Yeah, I know. It was ready to ship. You can blame Russia. And <laughs> this is why... And I'm gonna say it right here. <laughs> I don't usually get this. This is, right, this is but not I'm gonna say it. This doesn't sound like it's gonna be good. <laughs> Vladimir Putin can suck my dick, both <laughs> my balls. <laughs> Putin, Putin, these nuts on your forehead, douchebag. You made it so I couldn't fucking play Advance Wars. I would have had that game, and I'd be talking about it right now. That's fair. That's and I don't fair. have it. And I'm upset. <laughs> I'm like deeply upset. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Listen, man. Uh, I guess I guess that's all I got. <laughs> I do want to put out that I feel like real world cataclysm needs to I mean, this I guess this sounds really fucking <laughs> like this is privileged as fuck. <laughs> it needs to stop affecting my game release. <laughs> Yeah, we had that whole viral apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we have world war, and Fuck we're just sitting there like, I just want to play my video games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was my can. All right, yeah. let's get let's get back into this. Yes, <laughs> I guess that's a, <laughs> that's good approach as any. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we are. Yeah, I mean that was that was advanced wars, and uh, um, my privilege. I guess it is. <laughs> so I would say, so I, I've been kind of wanting to get back into a series and I I fully intended on playing one game from start to finish. Then the cold happened and that didn't happen. But my series that I want to talk about is Metroid just in general. Um, So I'm going to have focus a little bit more on Metroid prime, but I'd kind of just want to go through the games that I have played because I wasn't a Metroid fan from the very beginning. And I'm starting to realize something that we're kind of talking about series that are on the, I will say, less prominent side of Nintendo. I've noticed this. Um, because, yes, though Metroid is prominent, it wasn't always the most uh, hard contender. So, because you had your Metroids, you, for, uh, you had Metroid for the NES, you had Super Metroid for the Super NES. Yep. Um, so you kind of, you were, for a while, you were getting a Metroid game per console until you started hitting the N64. There was no Metroid game. Oh. Yep. Uh, actually. Huh? There was a Metroid game for the Game Boy, the original Game Boy. Yep. Um, so these are. That was Return of Samus. Yes, yeah. yes. Which, uh, Fantastic game. which they also did. A remake, Samus Returns, 
for the 3DS, I believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so the games that I have played, because I, that was kind of like the ones I missed. And then when you started getting into the GameCube and Game Boy Advance era, it's kind of when we started getting into Metroid. Me and uh, Red King started getting more into that series. So there's two games primarily I want to talk about there. And Metroid Fusion was it was the second technical Metroid game that we had played. Yes. Um, because we couldn't have <laughs> handheld consoles when we were younger. Um, so it was honestly the first Metroid game that I had played through and finished. And that was after you had played through and finished it. Yes. Um, so obviously the Metroid series has never really been like it. Obviously it has story. It's not really that fucking important if you're if we're being honest about it. They expand upon it with, you know, the kind of additional uh like logs, scans in certain games. Yes. Um you could kind of expand upon the story a little bit, but most of the time it was like opening blurb, little extra crap in the middle, ending blurb. <laughs> that's pretty that's more or less how, how Metroid worked. Because it was a lot more about the adventure gameplay. I mean, define an entire genre of yeah, games. Oh, yeah, Metroidvania. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, obviously, you know, you have the other big prominent one, which was Castlevania. But, you know, Metroid was was the progenitor to all of this uh, type of gameplay. And the, it's addictive in the way of, like, you know, I have this, you know, it, it was primarily side-scrolling until certain games. <laughs> uh, primarily side-scrolling adventure, you know, you explore these big sprawling maps, you know, Mostly, like, let's be honest, it was, it was mostly seamless. It was a door. Yeah. That was that was pretty much what separated you from one area to the other. You yeah. know? That actually was really, really fucking cool for, like, if you think about a Nintendo Entertainment System, like, the, like, the big ones were, like, Zelda, that you buy a fucking huge roll of uh, graph paper and <laughs> sit there and draw your fucking maps and yeah. all of this I remember, yeah, yeah, it, it, and it's like, a, it's such a you know, it, and it's part of that that style of gameplay, you know, and and when you had uh, Metroid Fusion, one of the big things was you know you ended up losing your various suit, various suit, I believe it's Varia, I want to say, um, yes, uh, so that was kind of new because you kind of built it up a little bit because I didn't this start as the power suit. And then it went to Varia suit, and then you lost Varia suit. Yep. And then, and then you got fusion. Which, you know, Samus loses her powers every single game, but like the fusion suit was like they made it so that losing her powers was a little bit of a because like the whole plot line was she got infected with this horrible, like parasitic virus. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it nearly killed her, and they had to like and in the intro, they said that they had to cut her suit off of her body because it had become so integrated with her, mm-hmm. like, just with her internals that they had to surgically remove it. And, you know, they put her into this. And, like, the, the fusion suit was, like, a, a huge difference as far as design goes. Yeah, because it was a lot more of a, it was, like, a kind of a synthetic style yes. suit. You know, kind of connected to her in a way, you know, and 
It, the, I mean, it was a life support system as much as it was a, uh, you know, a power stacking thing. <laughs> well, so the thing about Metroid in comparison with in particular Mario and Zelda, Mario's always been a platformer, right? Yes. Yeah. They have the offshoot games, but at its core, Mario is a platformer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zelda is an adventure game. You don't go back in those games. The big thing that made Metroid unique is, is that you get a power up and now you've unlocked an entire new suite of abilities yeah. that let you advance the map. Yeah, yeah. you had your power bombs. Uh, you had Morphal, which was not by default, I, I, if I remember correctly. In, a, in, in the NES version, you did have Morphal. Not in Fusion, if I remember correctly. Uh, you generally in the newer games do have to gain morph ball. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because yep. I know that's kind of a new convention uh, with newer side-scrolling Metroid games, and that was it's kind of interesting because if it's it's kind of a open world game if you kind of think about it it was like a 2d open world game yeah because think about it it's much the same if you play something like breath of the wild these days if you play something like red dead these days it's like you know you acquire things return to said area different things available you know what i'm saying because legend of zelda was the only other one to do that yeah because like zelda one it was it was open world. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You could take on the dungeons in any order. Yes, but there's not a lot of backtracking. That's right, the thing right. in particular that makes Metroid unique. Yeah, very, very true. And that's, you know, and it, it's kind of cool to see. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a teaser. And that's kind of the addictive gameplay to it. That when you run into something that, you know, matter of factly, I can go here. I just can't do it now. <laughs> Especially when you start to learn the convention of that game. It's like a weird dopamine rush every time you see this new thing. It's like, oh, I got to get something. And then when you get that thing and it's like, <gasps> yeah, it, that's does, like, <laughs> it is like a hype effect. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's always, I mean, it's it's just a, I mean, Fusion was a well-crafted game because you also had kind of the pursuit mechanic oh, that introduced. Yeah. S-A-X. Yeah, yep. So now it's like this, you know, and it was an omnipotent kind of, you know, problem you couldn't you couldn't kill this thing mm-hmm. it took the entire which is very uh i guess spoiler alert for an incredibly old game yeah but, but it, it very much paid off in the end because you spent your entire game running away from this thing which also just so happened to look like classic samus which was like you know doubly insulting so all of samus's powers that was like that was a big thing this was like literally like powerful version of samus and then you're like this weak little small looking fledgling version of samus by this point booking away from this thing every time you saw it it was terrifying yeah the chase scenes were amazing it was amazing for a for a game boy advance game like it it i remember the first time they ever revealed its not face yeah because it like it blows a door open and you're kind of like you're in a morph ball and you're like under, under the, you're in the ground underneath it. Yeah. And, uh, it blows the door open with like a super missile. Yep. And then walks through, stops, turns, and then does like a little splash screen with its yeah. alien face. It's like, ah! yeah. And it did like a <laughs> zoom. It was crazy. Cause you got little zoom in and it was, it sprites all up until boom. And you just get this. And Metroid has always kind of been like, kind of creepy in its yeah. own way. This very alien world. Everything well, was very dark. It, Every- it, it's very adjacent to like the Xenomorphs and Predator. Yeah. yeah. 
which was, I think, probably, I'm willing to bet, I don't know this for sure, was probably the original inspiration now that I think about it. Um, it did feel very, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, even even female protag. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of on point. Um, so that, you know, and then you play this entire game and you're you're getting power ups and you're, you know, because it's very classic Metroid. This is what you do in pretty much every Metroid game yep. is that you you acquire power up after power up after power up. And it all pays off because you get to fight this thing and you get to kill this thing. And it was such a like it was such a payoff, man, to be getting pursued by this thing the entire game. And then you finally get to turn the tables and you get to kill this thing. It was and, amazing. Yeah, and then then you get an escape scene at the end because you got to escape this this self destructing base, and you had a timer, and it like because that's the thing, everything was very like adrenaline. You know what I'm saying? The chase was adrenaline, and then at the very end, almost akin to like you know Halo. For yeah. example, you remember Halo 3? That was like one of my favorites. <laughs> that was one of my favorites. But uh, you know, you get to you get to escape this self-destructing base, and it was it was just amazing. And the gameplay is undeniably solid. It's always like Metroid has always had fantastic gameplay, except for arguably one. <laughs> and this was this was a very uh, awkward phase for Metroid and Nintendo in general, and that was the Wii. Um, and you remember Metroid the other M, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was not Now here's the thing. I'm going to say the gameplay wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah, it it was missing some key things that if you um if you start to look at newer Metroid games, you start to see how it could have been done better. Yes. But considering because it was kind of like Ninja Gaiden <laughs> because it was it was developed by Team Ninja. Yeah, yeah. And which I mean the the ick of that tends to rub off a bit when you start to see the portrayal of Samus in that game. And this is not... Did a, they give her the Rhea Hayabusa treatment from Ninja Gaiden 3? <laughs> pretty much. So, so they made her... They made her... Uh, they gave her more of a Kasumi or INA kind of treatment where she... They recycled their plot. Yeah, yep. she became a very... Uh, subservient character and a lot of it was you know can i do this senpai type of thing because they they gave her a uh what was his name I adam had, adam Ad, yeah 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 that's right Malkovich? yes i don't know his last name i just know adam is his first name yep. yeah and then adam had to approve everything she could do and it, it was just so very like it was they it said was, it they said it back yeah, good long way with yeah. that one. Because I mean, you figure you played Metroid, and yeah, you didn't know that Samus was a girl until you get special endings, blah blah blah. Um, you know, in the first game, in the first game, yes. Yep. <laughs> but th that's kind of my point: is the very first game you get this character turns that it, it right on its head. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You tra trailblazers, man, and then then you get Team Ninja up in there, and it's like. <laughs> You really said it back. <laughs> they gave her baby fever for the Metroid. Yeah. It was like. Yeah, I do remember he, reading about that. Yeah, it was ick as fuck. Yeah. It was really weird. And obviously that's not a new or a hot take. So I'm not going to sit there and <laughs> begrudge on that like, too much. I, I'm not going to sit there and hang on something that I can't <laughs> ruffle some feathers. Rustle some, <laughs> rustle some jimmies as it were. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to um, move around. <laughs> But, uh, you know, the, the other game that was very prominent 
same same time around Fusion on the GameCube was Metroid Prime. Yes, and undeniably a it was massive leap for Metroid in general because normally when you take that 2D series and you turn it to 3D, there's a very awkward period for it <laughs> where it generally sucks. <laughs> now here is the thing, Metroid Prime completely flipped it. And it was it was back when retro was still a fucking. I mean, I'm not gonna shit on them that much, but they take 17 years to release one game now, and it's really annoying. Um, <laughs> so you know, you get a partnership between Retro Studios and Nintendo, and you get a first what they coined as a first person adventure game. They didn't call it a first person shooter. Uh-huh. Probably because Nintendo was still halfway trying to be like the family, the family console and everything. Yeah. They they were trying not to make it too violent, but that thing was fucking sick. Yeah. And I will also say that it did sort of make sense because the build of the game, if you do remember, it was significantly less about the shooting and this and that. There was still a large focus on puzzle solving. There was still a large focus on scanning and in, like your the environment. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot more about that than it was about the actual shooting element of it. Now, the shooting element of it was as good as it could have been considering, I mean, <laughs> Nintendo only just recently got a controller that you could really fuck around and find out with the first person shooter. <laughs> um, so they did have a lock on. I do remember that they had lock on circle strafe type of combat. Um, which I mean, uh, golden eye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We should play that on the Switch. I I do think we should play it on the Switch. Um, but it was, and this thing was a well crafted game. The world. I call odd job. Fuck yourself on that one. <laughs> I fuck that. I'm not, I'm not playing. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, slappers it, only. <laughs> But but a well crafted game. It looked good. Like e- even now they did obviously no news here, but they did remake it for the Switch, which is what I planned on playing over the last week. Um, which even if you look back at the original GameCube game, that was mind blowing how good that game. Yeah, was. no. Like you know the the world was dense and rich looking. Like. You know, there was so much to everything. You know what I'm saying? Yes, all the Magmar Cabins is a fucking banger of a theme. <laughs> yeah, this, this is true. <laughs> and it, yeah, it was it, like the amount of uh, like environment. Yeah. yeah, there was like fucking jungle and it was cool. Yeah. They had the ice, the actual like snowy friggin' ice one. Yeah. yeah and that's what I, was, and I remember, which I mean, granted, this was, I believe this might have been introduced in uh, Metroid Prime 2, but they did eventually have a grappling hook, which was, yeah. I mean, any type of grapple swing mechanic in a first person shooter, I'll take that. Like any any day, yeah. I mean, you know, you, that's what I'm saying. You got to get some Zelda in your Metroid. Hook shot. Uh, but it, it, and that was the I guess that was the most impressive thing to me about uh you know just anything related to Metroid in general is that they did a fantastic job at making you intrigued in the world without sitting here and having hours of exposition. Mm-hmm. You know, this was you just got thrown into something and you were just automatically like, what is all this? Environmental yes. based story. Yeah, time. yeah, and, and the, like probably the King series of that. 
And, you know, which makes me very angry that Metroid Prime 4 was supposed to happen. I don't even know if it's coming out on the Switch at this point. Probably that Switch 2. You know that. <laughs> Probably that Switchy 2. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and you also now have you, which rumor has it, the whole Metroid Prime trilogy has already been remade on the Switch. They're all done. I'll take three of those. Yeah, yeah, they're just they're <laughs> just waiting to like because you remember the Metroid Prime remake was kind of a stealth release. Yeah, it was. They did it right after a uh, Nintendo Direct. They announced it. They know how like, to fucking do that. <laughs> they, they they really do, man. They really do, and it's like, and that's you know, if I can play the whole trilogy, and then if you, I mean. I really hope I don't have to get a whole new console, but if I have to get a whole new console for Metroid Prime, no, I would gladly get a fucking Switch, two. Yeah, just in a general sense. As long Uh, as they put some better hardware in it. Oh yeah, well, like I'm not going for a for like the OLED because that, whatever. If you've never bought a Switch before, or if yours breaks, yeah, yeah. then yeah, like (laughs) if if I if one of my kids just would just fucking break it, just. Don't break anything else. Just break that fucking switch back into the OLED. I- <laughs> Just no. give it give it a swift punch right to the screen. <laughs> give it to your youngest, it'll be done. No, those, you know the switch is made of the screen is made of plastic, right? Yeah. It's actually made to withstand getting fucked up. Yeah, yeah your youngest son would find a way and your TV might go with it. Word. Word. Now, now help me with this uh, with this title because I forgot the one the newest one that got released for the Dread. Dread Dread that's what it was because that is a direct sequel to Fusion <laughs> and I was like and it's I mean I'm not gonna they say also t- they also without spoiling they tie in Metroid Prime Hunters yeah so I'm and that's the biggest I'm not gonna Hunters d- was fucking sweet on the DS yeah yeah <laughs> and I'm not gonna dive into that hard because it is new and i feel like that's obviously very much worth going and experiencing but you know the callbacks to to fusion how it's so closely tied and feels so much like it the natural evolution of the gameplay Mm -hmm. you have quick steps you have melee attacks for when enemies get close to you that was Uh, that was uh the 3ds version yeah yeah and which I mean, they just perfected it, and it's like aiming, which that's another thing. I mean, as far as a two D shooter goes of any kind, Metroid always had the best aiming mechanic. That pretty much any game that was a two D shooter after that had to have that. Contra, yeah, yeah, yeah. Except Contra was fucking psychotic. Yeah, yep. I was. I listen. I will still. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Fuck around and find out. Real play a Contra. <laughs> might, might, might be a thing. You can do up to four people, so. Um, but, some of them. But yeah, no, I mean, w- without, like I said, without going too deep on that, which, because that's also something just I want to, I've been very interested in picking it up, and it's just something that I want to get in myself. Um, I know more about the story than I wanted to because when you go down the rabbit hole of watching video after video on YouTube about yep. it, you tend to learn a bit more than you want to. Um, but it's still a very much worthwhile game. And, you know, I mean, the Metroid series, that's 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 my pick. It's a fantastic series. Um, undeniable. And hopefully Metroid Prime 4 happens soon. <laughs> now we are on Chrono. What do you have for us? Fire Emblem. 
Ooh. <laughs> Foreshadowed in the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Foreshadow dragon. We knew this, though, because <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> if there's one thing we know about Chrono, he loves him some fire emblem. Man. Yeah. Anything where anything where units move on a grid and fuck things up. Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> yeah. Fire Emblem. Listen, tactics man. Ogre, Final Fantasy Tactics. Not a fan of Final Fantasy Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, though. That one was a weird one. Yeah, yeah, that was strange. I do was remember that. Evilice. Evilice. Evilice Alliance games. Yeah. But Final Fantasy XII takes place in that world, and yes. it's better than both advanced games. Wait, isn't War of the Lions Evilice also? Yes, that's the mm-hmm. farthest one in the future. Anyway, Ooh. the first game in the Fire Emblem series was Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light, mm-hmm. released April 20th, 1990. Ooh. That wow. game is older than all of us. <laughs> it is. I was about to say, it is not, but it is. <laughs> I know my birthday. I'm not an Indian. <laughs> Second one, Fire Emblem, Gaiden, March 14th, 1992. I'm, a, I'm actually sort of familiar with this timeline because you don't know how many times I've watched like retrospectives on Fire Emblem yeah. <laughs> Number three, a sequel to Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light, Mystery of the Emblem. January 21st, 1994. Which had a kind of a weird name. <laughs> well, it was Fire Emblem, uh, Mystery of the Emblem. Yeah, it. I'm just saying it felt like, it felt like sitcom I don't know why. <laughs> Number four, Genealogy of the Holy War, mm-hmm. May 14th, 1996. Welcome to the incest game, folks. <laughs> Number oh, five, really? oh, Thracia seven seven six, an interqual to genealogy of the Holy War. Yep, September first, nineteen ninety nine. Did it wasn't Thracia the one that had like the big ass maps? Yes. Yeah, I remember that. Genealogy of the Holy War did as well because basically cavalry was your most important thing, or flyers because your infantry is like. Which I, <laughs> I'm not keeping a buck though. I would not mind playing a Fire Emblem game like that. I would I, if they did a new take on that. I would I would play it. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll cover something in a minute. Uh, the Binding Blade, number six, March 29th, two thousand and two. Mm-hmm. That was the one that um, Roy, Roy yeah, introduces Roy, <laughs> my boy Roy, <laughs> you know, was introduced in Super Smash Brothers on the GameCube. Yeah, yeah, that was our so, first introduction. No, that was America's yeah, first. Yeah. That was um, the West's first introduction to Fire Emblem. Yeah, there were no games in the Fire it, Emblem series being released until after <laughs> Super Smash Brothers Melee. Yep, and, and yes. they both had Japanese voice actors. And yeah, they because they yep. number seven. Fire Emblem in the United States, Europe, Australia, was the Blazing Blade. Yep. <laughs> and it was April 25th, 2003 in Japan. So Hector, motherfucker. Yeah, that's my I, favorite character. Yeah, that, And that, also the namesake of uh, my Dungeons <laughs> & Dragons character. Yes. Lindis is one of my favorite characters. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Okay, so hear me yeah, out. We're, we're going we're gonna to agonize on this one. Hear me out. <laughs> Because I've played this one at length. Was it? Wasn't there a? What was the Pegasus Knight's name? Which one? The the There's one with the Fiora. Light, no, Florina. Florina. Is the purple hair. Yeah. So Fiora is the second sister that you meet. Shit. So, and then there's Farina, who you only meet in Hector's route. 
Yes. I do remember that. Now, Florina and Lindis could have, I remember this. This is stupid. But they could have a relationship, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. They censored it. They did. They did yes. censor it. But I do remember that being because that was. It's the, very heavily implied. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was the first time I was like, whole. Oh. <laughs> oh. fuck. Anyway. No, I have to mirror that one because. Nah, it, it was, was it was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it was, I was like, nice. <laughs> Sliding right along. Number eight, the Sacred Stones, October seventh, two thousand and four. You played that. Yes, I did. Yep. 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 I hated I hated the I hated the pro the not the protagonist because they all have main character syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. well did you hate Erica or Ephraim? Ephraim. Really? I, I actually didn't like Erica either. I mean, okay, so your Jagan archetype in that game is one of the best characters in the entire series, Seth. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so speaking of Seth's, famous Seth's, we're not talking about uh, Green, Rogan, which one? Um, there was. <laughs> so. <laughs> There was, um, you've heard of Cain and Abel. Yeah. And I'm not talking Fire Emblem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot they're in there. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a third brother in the, uh, in the biblical. Yeah. Seth. Yeah. <laughs> he was the third, not human, but yeah, he was the third son. Yeah. yeah descendant of the, uh, of Adam and Eve. I just dropped my. Uh, <laughs> oh, there goes the can tab. Can tab in the drink. <laughs> Good thing you're done. <laughs> Die. Number nine, Path of Radiance. Fuck yeah, man! That was a GameCube. Yes. Here's Featuring an Ike. Here's an interesting fact. Did you know that there's a potentiality that Ike is canonically gay? Wow. Yeah, he only has two A rank supports. Yep. Soren and some other dude. Yep. Both dudes. Now, he doesn't technically end up with anybody. He's a big dude. <laughs> He's a top. Yeah. yeah. Wrap me in those arms, bro. <laughs> okay. When I get to engage and we talk about the I want to get engaged with Ike. <laughs> I mean, you can. You can say emblem engage and then you become one. Oh, that's right. Oh, sick. That's right. That's like oh, dead yeah. ass of marriage, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> but Path of Radiance released April 20th, mm -hmm. 2005. Animal people. 15 years to the day after Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light. Mm. Wow. Next, the sequel to Path of Radiance, Radiant Dawn. Uh-huh. Yep. February 22nd, 2007. They, they bumped those games right out, right? They One did. right after the other. It was There's literally, like, from 1999 to 2000, and, well, 2002 to 2005, they pumped out game after game. Uh, and then it starts spreading out a little bit more as they've gotten more advanced hardware and right. done more in-depth plot lines and shit. Yeah. Uh, up next is the remake of Shadow Dragon, August 7th, 2008. Yep. Mm -hmm. Then... You have New Mystery of the Emblem, July 15th, 2010. Mm -hmm. Now, this was the first game to introduce the customizable avatar character. Because if you remember in 7, you could make your strategist have a name and the characters would talk to you. Yes. Yep. But you also had the option of not doing that. 
but they didn't participate in battle. Right. This one, your character could participate in battle. I'm trying to remember. So, New Mystery of the Emblem, it, it's a remake of... Mystery of the Emblem. Okay. So. And Shadow Dragon was a remake of Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light. Right. So, I do remember, because I, when I first saw the character creator in New Mystery of the Emblem, like, it was... It, so, it was cool... But it was also the fact of like, is that was the very awkward phase mm-hmm. of like, because a lot of those DS games, if you remember, they would add customizable characters. I'm thinking Yu-Gi-Oh right now. <laughs> oh, um, those and, Yu-Gi-Oh games were fucking garbage. It's like your options were so like, it was, it felt cheap. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It was like, they didn't go full into it. And it doesn't help that the visual style of those games just were not great at that point. Shadow Dragon and New Mystery of the Emblem, they had that horrid, I want to call it claymation feeling yeah, graphics. Yeah, 3D style thing, yeah. Do you remember Dungeon Dice Monsters? <laughs> oh, for the Game Boy Advance, they, they, they kind of had like, the same. Yeah, yeah, it looked like yeah. Dungeon Dice Monsters, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which um, as a board game, I kind of like that fucking game. Yeah, it was um, that. As a fucking... As a but Game Boy Advance game. <laughs> the other feature that was added, and this caused some war in the development studio itself, because permadeath had been a thing up until this game in the series, casual mode uh, was added in this game. That's like, that was in Shadow Dragon, too, new, wasn't New Mystery of the Emblem is the first one to have the created character. Okay. And casual mode. I mean, it must have it must have done something because it's stuck. <laughs> to be fair, I mean that's like the only mode I play in right now. To be honest, because I'm not the most like in depth strategy gamer. That's so, kind of why I like Advance Wars because when a when a unit dies, it's done. I don't have to think about it. It doesn't. It, it right. doesn't have that face and full story. Yep. And yep. <laughs> yeah. Fucking voice acting in the new is like, geez. And then they also like have death quotes. Yeah. Yep. Fuck. It's like, like my sick family, please remember me. Like, no. <laughs> Every oh, no. Yeah, I would always shut that shit off. Yeah. I would never continue playing. <laughs> Next, the game that saved the series. Yeah. Fire Emblem Awakening. Yep. That's the thing. This was going to be the last one. Yep. So they pulled out everything. Uh, if this game did not sell well, that was going to be it. Holy yep. crap. Yep. Really? Every- but it did so well commercially, critically. It's the game that saved Fire Emblem, not just around the world, but even in Japan. Yep. Yeah, that's a, that's a that real thing. Not do- so here's it was a very interesting thing because I do remember I remember watching something about that and everything even down to the art style. Yep was picked because of the appeal side of things. They they wanted to do everything they could to make that game successful. And that was one of the big things. They ended up, like, the visual styles, art styles, you know, the kind voice of... Voice acting. Yeah, voice acting, the, the flashy. The creative character yeah. was really good. Yep, yep, that was, like, oh, man. And here's the thing, to their... To their credit, I mean, good fucking job. Because, oh, like, yeah. like that, that was, was a fantastic game. <laughs> and... Arguably the uh, the number one, or, or like the the starting of Thirst Emblem. Yeah, because <laughs> that well, I just I just ran a quick Google search and oh wow, yeah. <laughs> who are you picking? Oh boy, come on now, <laughs> come on now. Probably Tharja. Yeah, yep. Tharja was my oh my. Game. 
It well, is, is lot, we've uh, we've come to a three-way agreement on this. That's problematic, but also. <laughs> well, I mean, there's also Olivia, and I also did really like Shershay. Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, <laughs> listen. But yes, this is the start of waifu emblem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, she she. It was. Fine. It's a lot. There's a lot. But April nineteenth, two thousand and twelve. Wait, wait, wait. This one had um. Who was the the one with the purple hair? Olivia. You talking about a dragon rider? Yeah. Oh, that's Cherche. Yeah. Okay. Yep. There we go. Anywho, Thirst no, Emblem. Thirst <laughs> Listen. Next. Fire Emblem Fates. June twenty fifth, two thousand fifteen. Which okay, I that one. That one was really so. Good. That had a weird one. Fates was the one where you could like. It's three separate games. I do it's conquest, birthright, and revelations. I do remember that because they had samurai homie, and then they had that blonde dude and his little brother, which was fucking weird. But here, but here's the thing: didn't that have a thing where you could like, it was like talking to the characters or something like that, but their faces were like in the fucking screen. Yeah, and like it was weird because it it, it it was like inappropriate touching. <laughs> Well, they cut a lot of that out in the Western release. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, some of those characters are children. Yeah. Yep. And it got fucking weird. Yeah. Um, there's that one, but. <laughs> not pedophile. Emblem. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. We, we, we try to stay away from that one. <laughs> 18 plus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 18 plus. <laughs> Fire Emblem 18 plus. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, a remake of Gaiden. Yep. Fire Emblem Echoes Shadows of Valentia. Now that is my all-time favorite. Really? Yep. Okay. April 20th, 2017. <laughs> he just he just fucking skipped you. <laughs> I'm the biggest Celica simp in all of them. <laughs> but this is actually the third game to release on April 20th in the series. It released 27 years after Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light. Wow. Awakening released April 19th. So they're an April company. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> they, pr they probably at that point, they, they, they model it around that month. Yep. Yep. Fire Emblem, three houses. Ooh, man. July 26th. So here's. 2019. I have an opinion on that. I, I remember you got me introduced to it. Chrono. I mm -hmm. do. It, here's the thing. Love the game. I will say this in a game. Where you require somebody <laughs> to play through it three times, <laughs> four times. There's a lot of fucking content. And there's, oh, yeah. a, there's a lot of there's a lot of ground to cover each time you play it. And the DLC adds more. Yeah. Yep. So that's kind of that's my one gripe. So here's the thing: is re recently they've kind of been doing that. That seems to be a where they're going with the series going forward. Is that multiple playthroughs are kind of required to get the full story. Nope. Not engage. Uh, hey, one and done. Yep, I'm nice. not. I'm not complaining anymore. So three houses was the only one that I did. I do fundamentally have a problem with it. No, with fate. Fates is worse because you had to buy yeah. three. Separate oh, that's games. fucking right. You had to spend a hundred dollars because it was forty for Birthright and Conquest, brand new. And then on one of them, you had to spend another 20 to get Revelations. You just made me want to go play shit. Engage right now because that's very fucking exciting. I know that I only have to play through it once. Yeah. Like, obviously, I'm sure there's content that, you know, you get if you play through multiple times. Because that's always kind of a thing. No. There's not? 
Because even Awakening had shit that you could, I mean, it was <laughs> unlockable, like, extra um, modes and stuff like that. I mean, there's, DLC you get some extra stuff after, like, beating the game, but you can just load the same file up. Oh, oh, you know, fuck around and find out. I'm playing Engage as soon as, soon as I get Engage is fantastic. Uh, now, that was the... Okay, we'll, we'll continue with the timeline. That's well, the, yeah. we're on the last game. The 17th main release in the series. Oh, so we are... January 20th, 2023. Yep. However, in terms of in-studio stuff... They tend to title Fire Emblem Iron and then put a number after it. Huh. Engage was actually Iron 19, even though it's the 17th game. Wait, Three wait, Houses wait. was 15. Okay. Yeah. Oh. But think about the chemical symbol for Iron. That's F-E. Ha! Oh, Fucking but, sweet. <laughs> so projects like Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes, they they bear different titles in their in-studio titling. Okay. Yeah. But one of the things that looks like it was being remade was Genealogy of the Holy War. Oh, shit. So that... Ah! Yeah! <laughs> that would be awesome. And, I mean, the spacing of two also kind of makes one wonder if Thracia 776 wasn't in there. Oh, wow. Ah, that here's the thing that'd be so cool because I, I that's the one thing I've always kind of been fascinated in was going back and playing like the larger form games. Mm -hmm. But it's sometimes I, mean, I don't know if I'm a graphics whore or not. I can't tell. No, you really are. You so are it, a graphics whore. It, it's hard to go back and play those games sometimes, man. It's like now here's the thing: GBA forward. I got you. Yeah, I'll right. play those all day, every day. But except it, for those, re, the remake of Shadow Dragon, I just yeah, no. Uh, well, that was yeah. DS. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So skip DS. Game Boy Advance, 3DS up. Yeah, I'll play all those all day, every day. But so here's something for you. Did you know the series actually started as a Dojin project? Really? Yes. That's correct. Shozo Kaga and three other developers. They were students with other jobs, basically. We're working on this as a dojin. It was never supposed to be a commercial project. That's right. That's correct. Wow. But the funny part is, is that Kaga actually listed First Queen, another game, as an influence for Fire Emblem. Mm -hmm. Now, which I mean, had artwork by one Yoshitaka Amano. What? Of Final Fantasy what? fame. <laughs> also Speed Racer, but... I did not know that. <laughs> hey, Amano is Am Speed Racer. Yeah. What? Yeah. He was the artist for Speed Racer. That's fucking insane. Uh, now that I think about it, uh, <laughs> I feel like I can look at Speed Racer and I'm like, well, I, I his see art some... style is always like flowing lines, bright yeah. colors. It fits perfectly for Speed Ooh, Racer. That's crazy. That is so cool. So he's did... done a lot of other anime too, but right. now correct me if I'm wrong because there was a. Uh, I'm try I don't know names, um, but one of the original developers in the Fire Emblem team ended up splitting off, didn't he? Kaga, I, yes. He yep. left after Thracia 776. That's correct. I and was he, about to go into that. Yes, yes. Okay, so I'm going to let you continue. <laughs> so he founded a new studio. It's an independent studio called Tiernanog Studios. Mystic. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So originally, they created a series called the Emblem Saga. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They got sued. Oh. Nintendo tried to sue them three times. The first time, they actually ruled in favor of Tiernanog and their publisher. The right. second time, it was like, 
they had to pay 76 million yen and then they changed it from emblem saga to tier ring saga mm. and then nintendo tried again like in the early 2000s and the japanese supreme court was like no they already paid you money and they changed the name fuck off yeah yeah nice. we're, i mean come on nintendo you are well, kind of so it's funny right because he actually in 2005 they released the last game in tearing saga for a while yeah 2016 he came out with a game called vestaria saga which i have on steam i have the first and second ones you're gonna have to show me these they're old school style fire emblem like it's brutal combat you got to be thinking about what you're doing you yep. gotta be careful yeah terrain yeah. plays an important role i gotta i gotta see this i didn't know i because i do remember the split off and i do remember um the other series, I did not know that he they were still making games. Well, he took like a decade off from making games. Yeah, yeah. And then he came back hard on Steam. Shit. Vestaria Saga is actually pretty good. I haven't played the second one yet. But. Listen, I mean, good for that studio because like not for nothing, but like, I mean that obviously that's your passion. And you're good at it. So. Right. More strategy role playing games is always good in my book. Yeah, yeah. Because before I rank the seven Fire Emblem games I have actually played and round out my list. Tactics Ogre and Final Fantasy Tactics both claim Fire Emblem influenced them. Okay. And that was influenced by Black Queen. Right. Or First Queen. Tactics Ogre Black Queen is one of those games. However, <laughs> now to rank the Fire Emblems I have actually played, number seven is Fates. Right. Okay. So kind of makes sense. Coming off the heels of Awakening. Fates, so Awakening's story, I'm not going to spoil too much on, but there was time travel involved, uh, and you got to make kids. You paired people yep. off and got children. I do remember that. You got to meet them, and they could fight with you, and it was fucking cool. Fates did it weird, right? It wasn't <laughs> a time travel story. You put your kids in, like, a side realm, and they just aged up super quick. That's weird. <laughs> it's like the hyper fucking block time Yes, the, it was the hyperbolic time chamber, literally. <laughs> no shit. That's awesome. <laughs> Number six is Sacred Stones. Okay. Okay. That, I mean, that's a, that's a fair ranking, I would say. That kind of felt to me like out of the fire games I had played by that point, which was two. <laughs> <laughs> well, at that point, everyone had only played two. So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely the inferior of the two, in my opinion. I mean, Sacred Stones did some interesting stuff for the game. It was the first game to introduce infinite grinding, essentially. Yeah, yeah, that, that's um, true. But just like, I don't know. I liked Erica more than Ephraim, but like I said, outside of like Seth and like La Arakel and Joshua, I didn't really care about most of the characters in that game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number five is actually Binding Blade because I played that legitimately. <laughs> no, the fuck I didn't. That's a fan <laughs> translation, folks. Oh, listen, man. A Super Robot Wars fan translation for the, uh -huh. for the Game Boy. It was a Game Boy Advance emulator. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, same thing. I, I ended up playing uh, Binding Blade as well. I didn't play it from start to finish because the one that I happened to have at the time was a very rough translation. Oh, <laughs> so man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, eh. <laughs> no, the one I have is like really, really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Number four might actually surprise you all. Blazing Blade. Okay. <clears throat> I, I mean, actually... Uh, for me, that might have been a little different, but uh, I mean, bit surprising, yeah. <laughs> Number three, three houses. Okay. Number two is engage. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. That is so here's the thing. Now I want to play it more. <laughs> it's a fantastic fucking game. Damn. All right. All it right. It really, like, so I know the opening is weird and the first couple chapters are off, but once you hit chapter 10, 11, the story just takes the fuck off. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil anything because that game is less than two months old. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, in, that'd be insane. <laughs> but it, in. it, the later chapters... I have a friend at work who also plays Fire Emblem almost as religiously as me, if not more. Yeah. And we've been talking about it. And yeah, like chapters 24 and 25 are some of the best like story wise Fire Emblem chapters ever. That's fucking exciting. I got to I got to try it. I got to do it. I got to get back into it. <laughs> Number one is Awakening. Yeah, that I mean, here's the thing. That's proper. I, I completely agree there. Completely so, agree there. So the one thing I've. I've noticed about Fire Emblem is like, because you can change, you know, how many, or you could change what characters you have on the, on the field. Yeah. Um, like the idea, because our games were kind of similar with Advance Wars and Fire Emblem, like I've, I've found, especially playing it very recently, that Advance Wars is almost like a, uh, a puzzle. Yeah. There are one or two right ways to do it. Um, <laughs> Like Fire Emblem, because you can change your characters and you, you get so attached to them, you have this. It changes how it changes how you play it, and it and makes it a little bit more of a uh, like. There's not one easy or there's not one right way. There's not one absolutely optimal way to do it. Yeah, especially if you're like a dumbass and like every Fire Emblem noob is going to use their their. Um, uh, cavalry, not cavalry. Um, shit. <laughs> Upgrade, uh, upgraded unit. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh, the Jagan archetype. Yes, yeah. everyone's gonna use their Jagan ar archetype and just spam the living shit out of them. Uh, and I remember doing that when I first played Fire Emblem. Yes. You level, you used Marcus. To uh -huh. I was a fucking idiot. <laughs> and in the late game is just like unplayable. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're not gaining any experience nope. and. You need to get your other character's experience. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I do remember that was like, I, I used to not like Fire Emblem because, <laughs> because I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm smart. I'm going to use this guy. And then it's like later in the game, like, I'm completely oh. unwinnable. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I remember it's a hard lock, too. <laughs> where you, you're all of a sudden, you're sitting there and you're like, <laughs> sometimes you get, a couple of hours into that game. Yeah. <laughs> and then realize you have to restart your yeah. save. Unthinkable. You know what I'm saying? Because back back then I didn't, you know, I was a fucking little a wee sprout. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was not ever prepared to restart my fucking game. And I looked at this and I'm like, I fucking have to. <laughs> There's no way around it. Like, and it and it was like it was engaging enough, haha, that I I didn't want to not play the game. So it was the first time I was just like, I'm just going to bite the ball and fucking do it. <laughs> like, I remember, um, once again, back to advanced wars, like you get a fresh set of units ever, ever. And they, they don't have a face. Yeah. Right. Like they're just, <laughs> the only person you got to worry about is like the, the COs and they're, they're not even part of the battle. Yeah, yeah. They use their superpowers to influence the flow of battle, and that's it. Yeah. They get to stay cool. Yeah. Like everyone's got their cool um design. 
and they get to stay off of it. Like some of these fucking like all the Fire Emblem characters, they're cool as fuck. Yeah, yeah. you like you. They each have that my precious character that yeah. <laughs> that uh. <laughs> I remember having to spend so much more time on that game than I probably should have because <laughs> I just couldn't. It's like what and it it wasn't even I wouldn't even read the fucking death blurb. It would literally just be like and as soon as you hear that, their face pops up, click it off. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm not fucking around with this. Knowing full well you're going to restart it anyways, like knowing the fact that they died and said some shit. Yeah, I, I don't even. From, from my young sensibilities, I was like, I can't. Yeah, I don't even want to feel a type of way, man. I don't. I don't want to feel sad today. Turn it off. Turn it back. <laughs> Lady Lindis, please remember me. Yeah, yep. yeah. I'm like, yep. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no. no. I, yep. Yeah, and, and I mean, but I will say this with playing Engage, I will. They they did such a good job with that game. Like the gameplay in yeah. Engage is the best the series has been in a long time. Yeah, unbelievably good. The the whole Engage system is fucking awesome. Like I, I love the emblem rings. Like and you can mix and match, and yep. you can build bond levels between each person in the ring. And it's like that. There was there's just so much good to that game. Oh yeah. And they brought the traditional weapon triangle back, which <laughs> which I greatly appreciate. Um, you know, and like, can we talk about it? It's just it visually such an appealing game, you know. And yeah. throughout the history of Fire Emblem, it's kind of been a thing. Fire Emblem, let me not fucking mush mouth through that. <laughs> um, uh, through the history of Fire Emblem, it's kind of been a thing where... The art style has been a very consistently changing thing because mm-hmm. they they generally have a different artist each time they did. Right. They I mean, there's a couple games that shared artists. Well, the first five games were the same artist because those guys went with Kaga to Tiernanog Studios. Yeah. Yeah. Vesteria Saga, as soon as you see it, mm-hmm. it's original <laughs> Fire Emblem. Which, <laughs> which I can't <laughs> wait to see it. Though. But uh Ever since that point, it's been consistently changing. You had obviously uh, between uh, binding and burning, 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 blazing, <laughs> blazing. There we go. Um, you had the same artist between those two games. Yep. But aside from that, they've been pretty consistently changing the artists. And the most recent art, yes, I mean a lot of people were like, "Oh man, it's fucking anime." Ugh. But like, it's fucking good looking. <laughs> like, yeah, the fact that they they crank out. And once again, Fire Emblem, they have to make all of these fucking characters. They have to design them. Yeah. Yeah. And they come out with great designs. They come out with great fucking art. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Fire Emblem has never disappointed as far as, uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. It really does look. <laughs> but uh, real play. <laughs> Fire Emblem has never uh, disappointed as far as art goes. Anything that they <laughs> ever come up with has been stellar as far as design. You know, you can be kind of a, like you can be a snob as much as you want. Like maybe whatever anime doesn't fucking, it doesn't work for you. Like you think that it should just be, I guess, realistic high fantasy. Yeah. Or like, which I might keep it a buck. That's almost never been that good looking. Like I'm, I'm going to be honest. There's very few like, of the high fantasy art styles that are done just in a way that doesn't look a bit like Dragon Age Inquisition would like a word with you. That's a beautiful game. No, no, I'm saying that, like, that type of shit. Fine, great. 
I'm, I don't mean to go, go for the brand like this, but it's it took a while for Dungeons and Dragons to start looking appealing. <laughs> their their art has been a little fucking sketchy a lot of the time. Um, so what I yeah. will what I will say is it, it only got good in, with uh, Fifth Ed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, Three, the, th- like. Yeah, uh, Grumbly. Third <laughs> third edition art looked like shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, which I get it, it wasn't necessarily about the look and everything like that. So it wasn't really important, really, until you started getting more into it. Because visual is everything nowadays for most people. If you don't have visual stimuli, nobody gives a fuck. Um, so, you know, it didn't matter, but it looked fucking ugly. <laughs> so it's like, if you're doing high fantasy, anything else besides anime art style, you better get the fucking, the big names in the game. Eh. You know, the ones who know how to fucking whip out a nice looking picture. Because aside from that, I'd rather take base level anime almost over a lot of other fucking different types well, of art. that or you've got to do it live action. Yeah, yeah, which, no, <laughs> not for oh. Fire Emblem. <laughs> Find oh, somebody yeah. in color Fire hair Emblem, red, absolutely red and not. blue. <laughs> I will say this isn't really a spoiler. There's a storyline reason for it. I'm not going to tell you what the storyline reason is, but it's fucking cool. I'm, oh, nice. I'm going to find it out. Joy-Con <laughs> hair has a story reason. <laughs> you want to know what? That's something that I've found really hilarious about the Switch is Joy-Con hair. Yeah, yeah. Several characters through... Different games having Joy-Con hair. I love yeah. it. Um, uh, you should you should cop engage though. I I think I, I think I'm going to because you know not for nothing I have not played um, I haven't seriously played Fire Emblem since you know Shadows of Valentia. Yeah, and yeah, maybe that'd be the best way to get back into it. Yeah, and I don't have to go through three storylines to four. Uh, Four. four to get the full story of three houses you have to do four, four. playthroughs yeah a little rough <laughs> yeah a little rough. i mean yeah holy shit <laughs> uh yeah i'll just end up playing one storyline and getting all of my favorite um new fire emblem waifus <laughs> well so here's the thing with three houses just as a last aside right so the one storyline the blue lions is the most traditional fire emblem story it's about reclaiming a lost kingdom right there's Crimson Flower, which is the Black Eagles. That is the perhaps least traditional Fire Emblem story. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you could argue that you get to play the bad guy. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Golden Deer is my favorite storyline in the game. Yep. That's uh, what I started on. Yeah. And then Silver Snow kind of is the other side of Crimson Flower. Right. Yeah. Which I'm getting, I'm gonna get to three houses, but I'm I'm taking it slow. <laughs> well, if you're gonna do it, I would do a playthrough, go play something else, come back, do your second new game plus playthrough. Because once you get new game plus, the game gets a lot better. Right. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. All right, I have a plan of attack. I'm going. <laughs> and with that, we have reached the end. Um. <laughs> What a fucking journey. Yep. <laughs> Beautiful. Memory road. <laughs> Memory lane, you mean? <laughs> Memory lane. Violence no, road. Mario Kart stage. Yeah. Memory road. <laughs> Memory road. You just stare into a VR console and it generates the road. <laughs> Full of trauma, probably. <laughs> yeah. It's Thank nothing you. but falls. It's a nightmare. <laughs> Thank you for... Uh... Thank you for listening. Um... <laughs> 
subscribe. That sounded forceful. Please subscribe <laughs> on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Pandora, everywhere you find your fine um, podcasts. And this one is the finest. <laughs> uh, new, new episodes every week. Uh, you can also follow us on Crit Hit Official at Crit Hit Official on Twitter. It's all it's also new. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, we have new episodes every Thursday at noon. Till then, um, I don't know. Fuck it. Play Nintendo, dude. They're yes. great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bye.